We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. How we doing, church? This is like, it feels it's like it's been so long, like to preach um, normally. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I like, who enjoyed Movie March? You just, who enjoyed the popcorn? Yeah. And it's so great this morning that we can talk and there's not this little rattle. <laughs> popcorn and paper and uh, it's all good. Uh, pray, you know, Movie March was awesome. I pray it was a great, just a, a lot of different ways of um, speaking and, and encouraging us through different um, platforms. But again, this morning we want to open up the Word of God. And I really believe that God's going to minister to you this morning. I'm just going to shift this a second. Thank you. Uh, just because I really want to try and get away from that squeaky spot on the stage. Anyway, um, let's pray. Father, I, again, I just thank you for who you are. I pray, Lord, that today you just, just get larger in our lives. And Lord, I, I ask Holy Spirit, you would help me uh, speak, share, uh, reveal what I, I believe you've placed on my heart for us in this season. And Lord, I just thank you for every amazing person that's here and all their family that is attached to them. Lord, the people that they're going to just encourage in their world and their workplaces. Lord, use us. Use us to, to declare who you are, the love of Christ. And so, Lord, I, I just pray again, come alive even more in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, who likes watching TV? Okay. Some of you just didn't want to talk to me then or whatever. But. All right, who, who has favorite series on Netflix? Right. Who doesn't know what Netflix is? <laughs> I assumed <laughs> those are all good. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a number of TV programs on, and, and I've talked about this one before, but I just love it. I really do love it. Um, we're, we're that TV series... Uh, called Extreme Makeovers, Home Edition. I don't like the body edition. Uh, I like the, the Home Edition. I feel like, I guess from a building background, I think I could, be, I could actually help achieve some of this stuff, whereas I've got nothing to offer from a body sort of background. Never done personal training or anything like that. But um, I, love, I love Extreme Makeover, Home Edition, Primarily because there's a before and an after, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I mean, who cares about the story? But just... <laughs> you just want to see the before and after photos. Yeah. No, we do care about the story. We do care about the story. Um, and it is. It is. It's very emotional when the when the chant goes out. Do people know the the, the pro program I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, and, and the, how they do this is they have this big bus that is in front of the uh, section of the old house, and, and they show this before picture, um, and sometimes they even print the before picture on the bus. It's amazing. Like, well, anyway. Uh, the, and, but then there's this, all the crowd are around, and there's a whole lot of people there, and they start that chant, move that bus, move that bus. Some, there you go. It's one of Jason's favorite programs. <laughs> um, and, and so the bus moves, 
and it reveals uh, this amazing makeover. And it's just the outside of the house, and people are jumping up and down. It's very American, but it's cool. It's cool. I love Americans. It's great. Um, and because they get uh, passionate. They're just passionate people. And they'll jump up and down, and it's emotional and in tears and all that. I'm like, you haven't even been inside yet. I'm like, yeah. And then they go inside, and through the story, they've revealed some of the, the, the passions and the desires that uh, some of the children have. And you go into their rooms, and they're themed the way that is, is important to them and all that. And it's just amazing, the, the, just the reveal. Um, and, and I like the reveal. And, and, um, on, on Friday, Friday, I was at a wedding. And, um, you know, what are we waiting for? We want, there's only two things, right, we're really waiting for. One is to see the bride, and the second is to see the groom cry. Yeah. Right? That's, and so who wants to see a picture of the bride? It's not happening. I don't have one. And I know Andrew and Liv would shoot me. <laughs> but we're all excited about the reveal, isn't it? It's like that moment when the bride uh, comes around that corner or, and, and walks into the church archway or into the forest or wherever you get, uh, choose to get married. And there's this reveal and it's like, yeah, amazing, you know. Um, the other... Uh, uh, the other area that I really like, and, and maybe I have an issue with watching too much TV, but um, there's another program called Storage Wars. Or, you know, anyone know what Storage Wars? It's about when, when um, these people, they go around old storage units and they bid to win the storage unit, but um, uh, they're not allowed to go into the storage unit. They're not allowed to look around. They can only look for, from, from the front and they can have a look in there, and from their expertise, uh, they can figure out, oh, this is probably worth whatever, and um, in storage wars. And so they bid, and if you win, they pull the door down, and then the program actually goes a little bit later, comes back to the people who won the unit, and then they get to go in and unpack it like a treasure hunt. You know, and it's great because, you know, sometimes you, you see, you know, someone buy a storage unit for $200 and, um, and, they, and they come away and they find these amazing things. Uh, they just like, come across like all sorts of different things and the, the unit could be worth, end up being worth like $25,000 because of the stuff that they found inside of it. There's also times where they've bid a rather large amount because they've seen a case. Like an electric guitar, a guitar case or something, and it's got a label on the outside of it. And they think, man, if that guitar's on the inside of that case, that's going to be worth a whole lot. And so the price goes up a little bit. And then you get to the moment where they unpack it and they, they pick up the case. And you know, as soon as they pick up the case, they know whether there's a guitar in there or not. And you see there's either a smile or there's like a sadness. And a number of times there's a sadness. But uh, uh, this next sort of theme or series that I feel like God's laid on my heart, and you probably already know because it's on the wall behind me, but it's called Revealed. Uh, what God wants to reveal something new to you, and, it's, and it could be different to every single one of us, but I, I really believe that there's, you know, as a, as a, 
as a Christian, there's been a moment, there's been times where, where God's doing stuff in our world. And, and uh, you know, you could have Jesus and the angels standing behind the bus, or maybe it's a cross just to make it correct or whatever, I don't know. Um, and they're like, come on, move that bus and like, let's see the old to the new and all this sort of stuff. There's something God wants, to, wants you to know this morning. He wants you to know like there's, the old is gone, the new has come. And I really believe that God wants to reveal uh, a new revelation into your heart, into your spirit. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's going to be something I really believe that we will stand on in our Christian faith. Uh, you know, we're not going to waver. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of, lot of stuff, lot, lots of stuff happens in our life, which causes us to have to think. Anyone? <laughs> yes. We think most of the time, but lots of stuff has, but around our Christianity, around our faith, uh, you know, even recent events and all that, it's caused us to think. It's caused us, well, what do I agree with? What do I believe? Why do I agree with that? Why do I believe that? And I really believe that in, through this series, God wants to just be uh, reveal himself more and more to you. That's why my prayer has been, it doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years, or today you're just trying to figure it out. God wants to reveal himself to you more and more. And so there's two people that I really want to uh, I guess, highlight out of the Bible this morning. Um, one is my favorite uh, character uh, or person out of the Bible, and so we're going to go to Moses, amen. And then the other is uh, uh, another person called John the Baptist. Is that all right? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, so may, most, if you've been in the life of the church for less than a year, you'll know of uh, Exodus chapter 3 because I just use it all the time. But uh, I want you to turn there again this morning. We're going to re read it just a little bit. But hopefully I'm going to bring out some different angles and different thoughts than what we maybe have heard before. But I think uh, God wants to, again, just establish who He is in your life. Um, so... Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 onwards. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. Uh, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement through, uh, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming and taking a close look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, the other dites now live. 
Look, they cry. The cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11, but Moses protested to the Lord, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is a sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this very mountain. Amen. Well, I want to I wanna just pull some things out of this block and passage of Scripture, this encounter that, that, that Moses had with God. And this is the first time Moses has this encounter with God, and, and we, we, we see that part where this, this bush is burning, but it gets Moses' attention. I think for all of us, God has got our attention. Otherwise, you're not, why are you sitting here this morning? Even if you're just inquiring about who Jesus is, He's got your attention. It's pretty cool, because here's the thing. God, God's, that song that we just sung, Reckless Love, God will do anything to get your attention. This morning, he's, I pray that he's got your attention. And, 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 and we, we see there that, um, that it, it got Moses got, God got Moses' attention through the burning bush. And so Moses went to then inquire. And, I, and here's the thing is, God wants to reveal himself, but are you going to go and inquire of him? He says, oh, I'm not growing in God. I haven't heard him for, you know, I'm like, well, when was the last time you went and inquired of God? Not just say, oh, God, I need this or I need that or this. Like, when, when do we go and just sit with God? When, when do we just, when does he just get our intention? He's like, hey, I've got some pretty cool tricks up my sleeve. Check out this one. It's a burning bush. <laughs> right? Well, that's amazing. But what, what, what was great about it was God was revealing something, but Moses had to go and inquire. Yeah. Moses had to go and see what God was taught, what, what he was wanting. And, and, and it, like we get to read this story, and it freaks me out a little bit. Because it was like if, he just, if Moses just stuck out, you know, just did, didn't go and inquire, what would have happened? He would not have been used. God would have found someone else. And, but here's the thing is, Moses went and inquired, and even as we read through it, we'll, we'll go through something. But it's amazing because God's heart is after you. We sung that this morning, but we know that God's heart is after you because of what we read in Luke chapter 15. The, it's, about, it's parables, it's stories about the heart of God, where there's a Luke, uh, not a Luke, a lost, a lost sheep. Right, a lost coin and a lost son. We we know that the love of God is always after us because there's a there's value on you. And I pray this morning that you would know that. That that would be revealed to you, that you are loved by God. That's the if if we're if we're writing a whole lot of notes, write down in your notes right now, I am loved by God, no matter what. Amen. Isn't that awesome? God loves you this morning, no matter what. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm like, I look back over my life, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, and thank you. Uh, you know, it's just God loves you. But he wants to reveal more of himself to you. Um, and so let's, let's quickly just pull some of these things out. 
Um, the Lord knows where you are. The Lord knew where Moses was. He knew where he was. He was in the wilderness. He was tending sheep and all that and, or, or goats or whatever. He knows where you are right now. It's not a surprise to God where you are. He knows where you are in, in, in your faith. He knows where you are in your hope. He knows where you are with your love. He knows where you are. He knows the condition of your heart right now. He knows the disappointments. He knows your fears. He knows your failures. He knows the victory that you can have as well. He knows the hope that He has in you as well. The Lord knows where you are. Uh, knows, yeah, He knows where you are. And I want to tell you this one. I pray that this is a revelation. And even it says in, in Psalm 139, where can I go from you where you're not there? And he, he, and he loves you and He's for you. But also, though, the Lord knows where you are, and so He's going to do something to get your attention. Will we go and inquire on him, in Him? But He also, hears this, He also knows what's in your heart. Well, because it says in, in Exodus, He says, I have seen the oppression of, of my people. I, well, was that in Moses' heart? Yes. It's not a, he, it was in Moses. Why? Because if you read beforehand, how did he get to the wilderness? He was running away from just killing an Egyptian because the Egyptian was treating his he, uh, the Hebrew men wrong, right? So why? Well, he know like there was something, I don't know if he agreed with the way that he, it was in his heart and the things that was working out. We know that Moses had to work out some character trait issues like we all do, right? But he knows what's in your heart. He knows the passion and the desire what is in your heart right now, even if you feel like you're in the wilderness. Because he, he revealed himself to Moses and Moses went and inquired. And then, and so Moses had to, he's like, oh, well, what do you want me to do? He goes, well, here's the thing. I've seen the oppression of my people. Now I want you to go back to Pharaoh, and I want you to free my people. Anyone? Here's the thing. What I want God, or what I feel like God wants to reveal to you this morning is he already knows the authority that you carry. He knows the authority that you carry for the very thing that is on your heart. Let that sink in just a little bit. Moses then goes, who me? You know, no, but, and he, and he comes up with seven excuses. Anyone good at coming up with excuses? Oh, I'm, I, love, I, I come up with excuses all the time, especially when it comes to going to the gym. Anyone else come up with excuses? Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's right. But, but, but God wants to reveal to you this morning, the, the, the authority that you carry in your life. Um, I'm going to read this because it's challenged me for a number of weeks now. Because I've been wanting to try and write a catchphrase. And for those that have been around me know how much fun this has been. Here it is. When God reveals himself to you through encounter or revelation. The Lord is revealing the real reality of the relationship He wants with you. Let me just, I'll read that again because it took me a while to understand it. 
when God reveals himself to you through encounter or revelation, the Lord is revealing the real reality of the relationship he wants to have with you. So when God revealed himself to Moses, he wasn't just revealing himself to you for fun, to Moses for fun. He was revealing himself to Moses to say, hey, here I am. I'm, I'm revealing a re, real reality to you right now. And, and we even see in Moses' response where, where he, he, he hides himself because he knows that God is holy. Right? He hides himself. And, and I, I think that's the greatest attribute as a Christian that we can ha first have is that God wants to reveal to you, even afresh this morning, that He is holy. That God is holy. He is the Lord God Almighty. There is no one else. There is no alive God. There is only God the Father. Amen? There is only God the Father. And He is the one that the angels sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is our God that we worship. This is our God that we lift up. God is holy and, and, and revealing Himself to Moses. But what is He revealing to you? Because He is. God is love. But I think sometimes we label our God as God is love. No, God is holy. And God is love, but more than love, God is holy. There's a righteousness, there's a sovereignty of God, and, and He's holy. Amen. All right, let's keep going. So when God reveals Himself to you through encounter or revelation, it's the Lord is revealing a real reality of the relationship He wants with you. And knowing this morning that God is holy, He's revealing a real reality to you. He is our holy God. He is not a statue. He's not a figment of imagination. He is not, you know, anyway, let's keep moving. And so knowing this, I, I, I want to just, just spend a little bit more, a little time on, on, on if, if He is holy, where is He in our world? And, and I want to use the, the phrase and, uh, that he is our cornerstone. And I want to give you a few scriptures around this. A, a cornerstone in, 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 the old, in old times uh, is the very first stone that is, that is placed on a building site. Uh, it doesn't matter how large the building site is and where of it is. The cornerstone is the very stone that puts, was placed down. And, it is, and there is a lot of time uh, making sure that that stone is perfectly in the right place. It's the right position. It's level. It's perfect. Uh, because then everything else that when, when construction starts always gets uh, um, referred back to the cornerstone. Everything. And so here's the thing is, I pray that the Lord is the cornerstone of our faith this morning. Here's the thing, because I, I, there's even times where I've even made, made sometimes Christ not the cornerstone. He's like the stone in the middle. Anyone else? Sometimes, you know, I was like, but he needs to be our cornerstone. So Psalm 118, verse 22. 
22, sorry. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is a prophetic declaration as the writer wrote it about how, the, how they were going to reject Jesus. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious stone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes never need never be shaken. You know, when you're going through a storm, you're going through a trial, going through a circumstance, when you believe, you don't need to be shaken because you can refer back. No, this is my reality. This is my cornerstone. This is my God. He is holy. He is awe-inspiring. Awe um, Matthew chapter 21, verse 42. It says this, Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you even read uh, this in the Scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. Uh, again, in Acts chapter 4, verse 11, For Jesus is the one referred to in Scripture where it says the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Christ is our cornerstone. Christ is our cornerstone. Um, last scripture on this is Ephesians chapter 2, 20. Together we are His house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. And my prayer this morning is that God's revealing that He is holy to you that He is awe-inspiring to you, that there's something about God this morning that is just stirring up in your heart, that faith is building, and there's an expectation of who He is. Um, when God reveals something to you, it's about who He is and about how He wants to empower you and build on, build, build on your foundation of faith. Um, maybe about 15 years ago, I was in, or I don't know, 12, 13 years ago in London, I came to a real crossroads in my faith. I loved God and, and, and you know, God gave me John chapter 14, verse 6, when I, was, uh, when, I was, when I was 14 years old. It was the scripture that spoke to me when I gave my heart to Jesus, which says this, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it just, God revealed himself in that moment. But when I was about 12 years ago in London, I, was, I came to a point in my faith where I was like, Lord, I just, I just don't know. Not, I wasn't doubting who Christ was, but I just, you know, there's so much more that God has called us into and called us to do. I just, I just don't know. And the Lord really talked to me. He just, he gave me a picture of a pyramid. Anyone, a pyramid. It's a triangle. If you don't know what a pyramid is, um, and 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 he just really spoke to me about you know the point the highest point uh, is is just tiny, but the lowest point is so wide. And the Lord really spoke to me. He said, "Hey, if you want to go higher in me, you've got to go wider in me at the base." And I, I really took took some time, and and in my devotion, I just started just. Unpacking, I was like, I was just throwing things. I was like, okay, God, let's put you down as the cornerstone, as the foundation. 
And okay, so what am I going to build? What are the stones that I'm going to build off this to build the foundation that, that then brings my faith to a, a higher place? And, and I, I really sought God after this, and it came, and, and God's just still continually adding blocks. And, but I know, I've, I've, I've really stirred up my faith because, you know, what do I, what do I believe in this? Or what is this? Or what is that? And, and, I, and I soon learned that as I referred all of my thoughts or un, un, un understandings, if that's a word, it's just misunderstandings, that's a better word. It's in the English dictionary. <laughs> I'm sick with ununderstandings. Um, <laughs> someone's got. I always got to make up a word somewhere along the line. Um, as I as I as I even got into all of my misunderstandings, I was like, "How am I? What am I? Well, I'm not referring this back to Christ." And as I refer it back to Christ, I found my foundation uh, getting larger and larger. Uh, here's the thing: God still had to do demolition on it. I haven't made it. I hadn't got it all right. But there's a constant journey of just trusting God and referring back to Him. So is Christ your cornerstone? And I love that scripture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. They are the words of Jesus Christ. And I don't know, I mean, as you read your Bible, what comes alive to you? As you listen to different messages, if you, as you worship, as you these days listen to a podcast, as is someone in your e-group praying with you or someone prophesies over you? What is, what's coming alive to you? What's God revealing to you? Um, right. When Christ reveals something to you, He's revealing an attribute of His nature that He wants you you do express as well. Um, we know in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, the Great Commission. It says, you know, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to throw something out at you and I want you to figure out whether I'm telling the truth or what. Or lying. I'm not lying. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I want to throw a statement out, but I want it to. I want it to mess with you a little bit. Um, you will never heal anyone. Just think about that for a second. Am I right? Or am I wrong? Am I? Is it both? Is it? Wow, whose who's brain's exploding right now? <laughs> the revelation that God wants to reveal is that God has been given all authority, but now he is commissioning you to go. So when we pray for someone to be healed, how, how do we pray? Lord, I, want this I pray this person be healed right now. I am messing with you. I'm trying to just get your thinking right now because um, I'm just trying to stir where is your cornerstone. So I, I've figured out now that I'm not going to heal anyone. I, so, uh, you know, I'm just not. But I know someone who can heal someone. And that's Jesus Christ. 
That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so now when I pray for someone, because I'm referencing everything back to Christ as my cornerstone, and when it says that he's been given an authority, so when I pray for someone, I, I, don't, I don't need to feel funny. <laughs> like electric shocks are going through me. Now, sometimes that happens, and I'm not trying to mock that, please. Uh, I'm not trying to stir that up, but I've, I've never had that happen to me. But I have prayed for people, absolutely no physical feeling whatsoever, but they have come back and they've said they've been healed. Because it has, it has nothing to do with me. It just has everything to do with who is the cornerstone and who I am, who I am believing in on and in the power of God. And so when you pray for someone, Lord, we declare your authority. Yeah. I'm declaring Jesus' authority. Yeah. And, and so, Lord, in that name, in the name of Jesus, we declare healing over this person in the name of Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit. And that's why I love Ephesians 3.20 when it's quoted correctly. Where God can do a reasonably more at work within you. Not just God. God. That's why He wants to co-labor with us. But, I mean, it takes the pressure off. It's like, oh, phew. You know what I mean? And so when you pray for someone, pray according to the cornerstone of your faith. Pray in the cornerstone of your faith. I've got to keep going because we've got to finish. Um, because like we got five minutes and I've got to get to John. <laughs> is this helping? I hope it's helping. Um, so let's let's move over to John, Matthew chapter three, verses one through eight. In those days, John the Baptist came to into the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, uh, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For, he, for food, he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all Judea and all of the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them, you brood of snakes, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins. Now, um, we don't get a lot of history about John and his previous years. We just start reading the Bible and it's about John the Baptist. He sounds like a scary guy. He's just like out there right now. He's like, come on, repent of your sins for the kingdom of God is near. And by the way, that group of people over there, you brood of vipers. Talk about preaching how to get a group of people on the wrong side of you. But the, I'm, I'm, so I'm thinking about this. I'm like, John had a conviction, right? John, there was something in John that, that had a conviction that all he needed was camel hair to be dressed by. All he needed was locusts and honey. 
That was his conviction. I don't need anything else, and I'm just going to go out there, and I'm going to tell about Jesus. He's, I'm just going to tell, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. I'm like, man, that, this guy's got some, uh, some courage. This guy's got some, like, he's got some guts. Uh, you know, he doesn't care about no one. Um, he does have some insecurity flaws later on in life, we read, uh, about how, anyway, but it doesn't matter, don't we all? But, um, but my question is, well, how did John get to that place of courage? How did John get to that place of just having that, that, uh, that initial uh, you know, passion in his spirit? Well, let's rewind a little bit to Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 17. Um, so an angel turns up to his dad, Zechariah. So while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of, of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. I think every time an angel turns up in the Bible, they always have to say, don't be afraid. <laughs> I'd appreciate it if an angel turned up to me if they said, don't be afraid. I think I'd be afraid as well. Um, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites uh, to the Lord their God. He will be, with, uh, be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who, have rebellious, uh, who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Um, who'd like that at every baby dedication? Anyone? He will... Be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will be filled of the Holy Spirit. He will turn many Israelites to their Lord. He will um, be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people of the coming. He will turn the hearts of the fathers. He will cause those who rebel uh, to accept wisdom. And, 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 and he only says this once. He says he must not. There's a whole lot of he wills. And a one he must not. And I'm thankful that there is a he must not. Because I, I think all of us need to understand that, that everyone has boundaries to live in. When we think that we can live by grace and outside of God's boundaries, we're dancing a fine line. Uh, don't get me wrong, God's covered all our sin from the past, present, and future, but there, there's always boundaries. Why? Because boundaries are there to protect. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's right. But here's the thing is, I, 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 my prayer this morning is that God is revealing to you, just like He did to Moses, just like He has to even John. John didn't even have to go through, we don't hear about his, his, his battle with the call, we just hear him coming out of the wilderness. He's like, there's this time to go. It's time to fulfill. Why? Though why? That's my question that we're going to finish with. The musicians can jump up. Thank you. So let's figure out the why. So in Luke chapter 1, again, if you 
travel on just down a few verses to verse 39. It says this is, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea. So just backtracking, um, and the angel has turned up to Mary now and told Mary that she's going to have the Son of God. She's going to name him Jesus. He's going to be called the Messiah. He's going to save the world. It's a great day. And Mary responds with great faith, and, um, and, it go, and she goes on. And so then she goes to visit Elizabeth, her, her, her uh, cousin, it says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, which is John, leapt within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Ta-da. Um, Elizabeth child leapt within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, see again, there was an encounter, there was a revelation. All of Elizabeth got filled, including John. <laughs> Little baby. Still there's a leaping. There was a there was a revelation. There was an encounter. That's why the Bible says, I knew you before you were born. And, and, and God wants to reveal to you the, the amazing call, the, the amazing gifts. This is just the first of the series. We're going to unpack some stuff coming up. But Moses, we read Moses and we hear all of his complaints, but oh, I can't do this, oh, I can't do that. I can't. And, and let's be honest, we do sound like Moses. Give to that busker down the street who's not even playing chords, but is just going like that. Why can't we? We can. We, we, we come up with excuses all the time. I come up with excuses all the time. But let's not come up with excuses for what God is calling us to do. Uh, let, let's, we can either come up with excuses or we can continue to uh, let God reveal Himself to you till we get to a point where, uh, you know, this was declared about who John was, but maybe we can get to a place where it says, I will, I will, I will, I will do this and I'll do that and I'll surrender my life to God. I'll stand on Him as the cornerstone of my faith. See, there's going to be many times where storms come in your world and the storm can be anything. It could be absolutely anything. But we've got to decide on who we are and what, what is revealed in our heart. We've got to decide on what the revelation of God is because we can't waver. You know, and right now as Christians, I'm not saying there's right and wrong. But what is the revelation that God is revealing to you? We go back to Peter. When Jesus says to Peter, who the man say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. 
And Jesus says to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon, for God has revealed this to you. What's God revealing to you? How do you you seek God? How do you spend time with Him? How, how, How does He get your attention enough to go, Hey, burning bush, let's go check it out. Go check it out and... God says, Moses, this is, this is holy ground. By the way, I'm the God of your ancestors. And he's like, oh, wow. Well, what's the revelation that God's speaking to you about? Because when God reveals himself to you through encounter or revelation, God is revealing the real Reality of the relationship he wants to have with you. When God revealed himself to Moses, he's just saying, Hey, oh, by the way, the reality is that I think you're pretty cool. And I've anointed you, and I've gifted you, and I've graced you to go and talk to the Pharaoh, that you know, the person that you were running away from. But know this I am with you always. Uh, My prayer this morning is that first and foremost, we'll know that God is our cornerstone. We'll know that there is a call of God on our lives and we will know that God is with us always. Amen. Why don't we stand and we're going to finish and we're just going to pray and close. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for every person that is here. Lord, we've come to worship you today. We've we've come to lift up your name. I pray, Lord, we've come to grow in you. I pray, Holy Spirit, you are growing in us. Lord, I pray for a revelation or encounter for every person. I thank you, Lord, that you do love every single one of us. And I think that is so important. And we should be telling the world about your love and your grace in Jesus Christ. And I thank thank you for that. But Lord, I pray that this morning we would be standing here in that revelation. Lord, I pray, would you reveal again your love and your grace? But Lord, would you reveal who you are? You are not just a concept. You're not a statue. You're not a a necklace to hang around our our necks. You're not just a tattoo or something, Lord, that gives honour and remembrance. Those things are all good to remind us. But Lord, would you reveal, would you reveal that revelation of the real reality of the relationship you want to have with us, God. The relationship that we've we've been empowered by your Holy Spirit. We've been called. We've been graced. We've been anointed to reach our worlds for you, Jesus. We've also, Lord, just knowing that you are with us every day of our life. So, Lord, as we wake up and as we 
go forward in our world and our life and the, the different storm and the different trial and different pressure that, that, that may come against all of us. Lord, I thank you that you are our cornerstone. And Lord, even though we might wake up with our eyes maybe heavy, God, that, but Lord, we can soon straight away be lightened up by the knowledge that you are walking with us every day. And Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. So Lord, I pray right now for anyone in a place of need, in a place of uh, that, that, that the world is coming on top of them. I pray for the peace of God to be released over every person that just needs a fresh revelation that you are holy and that you are our God and that your love runs after us. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.